One, two, three. Hallelujah! Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. So did you guys have a good Christmas? Amen. You did? Amen. Praise God. I know we got a chance to be here with each other on Sunday, which was Christmas Eve. But we had a powerful time and we're so happy that we can be here on Wednesday night to get us ready. Ready for what God has ahead. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us, Lord, blessing us to be here tonight. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. Amen. Church said amen. Praise God. All right, clap for the Lord. Amen. All right, look at your neighbor and say, get your Bible out. Okay. Always be familiar with your Bible. Amen. Now, it's, it's good to take advantage of the technology. We do that in this church. We've been blessed, and I'm telling you, it's a, a great tool because we can put the scriptures on the board and all that type of stuff. But, you know, you don't have these boards at your house. And so... You know, and even though you have electronics, you want to be familiar with the actual physical Bible because, you know, if uh, my pastor is always saying this, but if they ever shut down this stuff, these phones and stuff, you got to be able to know how to get to your Bible and find something and, and don't be so dependent. So take advantage of technology, but don't just disregard this. Amen. Praise God. And so, um, I want to preach this message tonight. It's Faith Academy, so we're always preaching on faith. And this is, you know, our last Wednesday of 2023. Now, 2023 has been pretty, you know, a a really uh, good year. We've had a lot of stuff going on. We said it's going to be the fast flowing waters of the Lord, right? That was going to step into the fast flowing waters of the Lord. I mean, we've had some change, you know, some family dynamics Different things have changed. A lot of stuff. People have had great testimonies. But now we're already approaching 2024. And so now you got to uh, prepare yourself. You know, you, you need to be ready to go into what God has for you next. So I'm going to preach this message tonight entitled Speaking Into Your Future. Speaking Into Your Future. And um, we mentioned this, maybe it was last year, but when we start talking about the, the Hebrew calendar and all that, that new year's already started. And so you could start speaking into your new year and you could start, you know, typically around September or something like that. But I want this to become a habit. And so speaking into your future. And now this is how this works because you just can't speak anything. You got to speak what God gives you. Amen. You got to speak what God gives you because you don't want it to be your agenda. You want it to be his. And so first you pray. And so you do pray first, right? Look at your name and say, you got to pray first. Okay. And so you pray first. First you pray and then you say. Now, this is a step that many Christians just never take. And I'm going to help you the best way I can. But I like to teach you all stuff that I do, that I put into practice. I don't teach you anything that I don't do. I'm not teaching you something that I'm aspiring to do one day. 
Because if I'm aspiring to do it one day, I'm not uh, authorized to teach it. And so I teach from what I'm doing, experience. And so first you pray and then you say, go to Mark 11.23, Mark 11.23. This will be review scriptures for a lot of us, but... You know, we have to keep getting it over and over and over and over and over to where it starts to sink down into your spirit. If it sinks down into your spirit, then it could come out without the effort. You don't have to think about it. You want this stuff coming out. So he says, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now let's, let's get into this. So he says, uh, for whosoever shall say. So the word say, that's verbal expression, right? And so you can't think about the mountain. Amen? You have to say. And so this is verbal expression. And so you have to say something, but then he says, you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. And then the next part, it says, and shall not doubt in his heart and shall not doubt in his heart. And so you have to train yourself to believe what you say. Come on. We have to be willing to go up. Amen. You have to train yourself to believe what you say, because the enemy has spent a lot of time uh directing people to speak what they don't believe. And so they say stuff that they really don't want to happen. It's just cliches and things like that, right? You know, I've been teaching you guys this for a long time, but, you know, they, if, if you're going to wish somebody well on completing something, they'll say, well, go break a leg. Well, I mean, no, that's, go break a leg doesn't seem like that's going to be beneficial to me. Come on, y'all. And, and uh, so people um, have a, habit patterns of they say things that are not really good right you ever you know you hear people say well i'm just dying to go well if you're dead you can't go but they just say it habitually my this is killing me or this you know it's just stuff that people say well that's because they've been trained and they've been trained to follow uh, a lower level way of communicating But that's not who we are. And so we have to learn how to rise above. And so we have to learn how to step up to this place where we actually believe what we say. And so but that's going to require training. You have to train yourself to believe what you say. Now, once again, this title, this message is speaking into your future. You know, some people just say, well, whatever God wants, that will be. But you know what? God is going to cause you to rise up. God's going to cause you to say, "Okay, there's another level to this. If you would just listen to your pastor, you could be in a better place already. Oh, come on, somebody. And see, some people hear everything I preach. But if you don't apply it, then just because you heard it and you don't apply it, it doesn't work for you. And so speaking into your future. So you start speaking into what you want. Now, we've done some things in years past. We used to write stuff down and put it up here. Remember that? But we got to advance now. And so God, that's why I'm not having us do that because 
Now, it's not just writing it down. It's about what you're saying. And you know, you have to know how to speak. That's what I do over this church. I speak into the future. And the things that I speak in the future manifest. That's how we're, we're going to be going into a new building. Because I spoke into that and it's coming to pass. Well, if you start to learn to do that, you're going to get results. But for some... I would say the majority of Christians, they're gonna, that's going to stay over there. Well, what do you mean? Speak into this and speak into... Okay, well, that's going to stay over there. But I'm telling you, this is a power that you have access to, and you need to grab it, and you need to run with it. But it's, it's, um, it's, it's uh, some components to it. And so, you, you know, it's like learning math, right? You learn math. Well, in math, you typically have to take steps to solve a problem. But if you don't, if you mess around and skip a step, it's going to mess up the end of that thing, right? Well, this is the way it works in the kingdom. Oh, man, I'm just, a lot of uh, God's people, they hear stuff, but they don't hear everything. And so if you hear step one, but you didn't, you zoned out on step two and three, then you're not going to get the manifestation that you want. And so people are habitually skipping steps. Oh, come on. Oh, well, but pastor, that just sounds so mundane. And so you won't think it's mundane when you get manifestation. I'm telling you this right now. You won't think it's mundane. You won't think it's some type of uh, religious habits when you got stuff showing up in your life. When you start seeing stuff that you've been speaking showing up in your life and you're actually walking in what you spoke. Amen. I've been saying this a long time that you're going to end up walking into your words. Now, people do walk into their words, but unfortunately, they don't always walk into good stuff because they haven't always been speaking good stuff. But as a Christian, we're beyond of just, you know, y- y'all ain't coming out here on Wednesday night if you're not saved. You, you wouldn't even show up out here on a Wednesday night. So we can't we can't just keep it on the elementary save level. Now you got to say, I'm trying to get some tools so I can start winning and I can I'm, I'm planning on having a better year this year coming up than I had this past year. I'm just saying, I'm planning on winning. I'm planning on going from glory to glory. That's the way I want to see my life unfolding. And so you have to train yourself to believe what you say. Look at your name and say, believe your own words. Okay, now go to Ecclesiastes 8.4. Ecclesiastes 8.4. We're just looking at the King James. A lot of these are review, but I got to revisit this. It says, where the word of a king is, there is power. Okay? There's power. There's force capacity. Uh, There's a power to bring a fulfillment to the word spoken. And so, where the word of a king is, there's power. So now we have to start to get an understanding of this. So where the word of a king is, there's power. Well, you have to see yourself as a king. Oh, pastor, but all I've heard is, um, you know, there's so much false humility in church. There are so many people that they're so humble that it's not even real humility because real humility will cause you to bow before God, but it will position you to be lifted up by God. 
False humility will keep you low. You'll keep on saying, I'm a filthy sinner saved by grace. You'll keep on saying, I can't this, I can't that. You'll keep on saying, well, I'm just trying my best. Um, you'll keep on saying, well, how you doing? Well, just hanging in there. See, that is false humility. You cannot just keep hanging in there. At some point, you got to understand what does humility mean? Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord that he may exalt you in due time. So you don't just humble yourself and stay low. You humble yourself before your God and let him pick you up and let him cause you to rise to a new level because we have to rise up in order for us to be effective in the earth. Because powerless people can empower others. So you have to be one that is empowered and you're empowered by the truth of the word. So where the word of a king is, there is power. And so now you have to see yourself as a king. What is a king? One who rules and dominates. One who rules and dominates. Now, when you are uh, looking at yourself, even not just in the mirror, but I'm talking about even your mental image that you have of yourself. Do you see yourself as one who rules and dominates? I'm trying to help you today. Oh, well, hmm, I don't know if I see. I'm, and now I wouldn't tell you anything that's not scriptural. So you have to see yourself as one who rules and dominates. And we know this. You don't have to turn there. But Genesis 1 we know this. We're created in the image of God. And we are put in the earth to have dominion. So we're put in on planet earth to have dominion. We'll have dominion over everything in the earth. Well, if I'm looking at this and I say where the word of a king is, there's power. Well, in order for my words to have power, I'm going to have to see myself as a king. Amen. Amen. And this word king is not just talking about uh You know, this is for male and female. This is we are all one in Christ. So it's the position of a king, not the gender of a king that we need to be aware of. And so a woman can walk in that kingly anointing just like a man. But it's whether or not they can receive who they are in Christ. Amen. And so you have to see yourself as a king, one who rules and dominates. So go to Revelation Revelation 5.10. And this is, this is the word and we can just take it for what it is. And has made us unto our God kings and priests. So you've been made kings and priests, right? And so if, if, if this is what the Bible says, then I need to take my words and have my words come into agreement with what the Bible says. Not what everybody else might be trying to teach me. I need to say, well, is this what this what the Bible says? And you pray and the Holy Spirit will give you a revelation of it. And then now you come into agreement with that. And he has made us it's made us unto our God, kings and priests. And what does it say? And we shall what? Rain. Rain. What does rain mean? See, doesn't that uh, go with dominate? Win, rule, take your position of authority. Doesn't that come into alignment with that? But it says, and we shall reign on the earth. So we shall not live all of our days on the earth 
as filthy sinners saved by grace. At some point, we're going to have to take this promotion. At some point, we're going to have to be willing to say, oh, I'll take that. Okay, God, you said I could sit up there now. Okay, I'll take it. Now, don't let anybody fool you. So, see, that, that right there, man, that's that prosperity preaching. and that We're just in revelation, man. This is just, you know, this is the problem. A lot of people don't read the Bible. They don't get into it and know what it says. But then if you read that and you say, we shall reign on the earth. Well, then you should expect that. So now you got the first book of the Bible. Come on, this ain't hard. And you got the last book of the Bible. So in the first book of the Bible, it says that we have dominion, meaning we shall rule and reign. The last book of the Bible says we shall reign on the earth. So do you, do you guys think that's what God wants for us? I mean, it says it in the beginning, says it in the end. So we, I think we ought to just simply agree with it. Let's go to another one. Romans 5, 17. We go to this in the Amplified Classic. Now, this is talking about we know that uh, even though we didn't commit the same sins as Adam, you know, some of us say, I didn't even know Adam. Well, you know what? You're just born into sin because of Adam. But what we say here is for if by if because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reigned through that one. So what does that mean? Death has been reigning over people ever since Adam. Before Adam messed up, death had no power. Amen. You know, in the Garden of Eden, there was nothing called death. So stuff was just living. But it took sin and the wages of sin is death. Well, Adam sinned. And so now death came in. Well, for if because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive... Look at your name and say, you got to receive. Oh, pastor, but I really don't understand that. You don't have to understand it. Nobody said you got to understand it. We just said you got to receive it. If God says, here, this is what I want to give you. How many of y'all said, well, I'll take it. Now, you can't make all these excuses as to why you can't get what God is giving. And a lot of people make excuses. Well, I grew up this way. I grew up that way. I know you did, but what you doing now? Well, you know, I used to be poor, but how many know just because you used to be poor don't mean you got to be poor today? Just because you used to be bound up in some stuff don't mean you got to stand that. You could live another way, but you got to receive what the Bible is giving you. Now, I will say this. A lot of people miss out on a lot of this stuff because they don't want to take on the personal accountability. And so what God does is he gives you opportunity. But just like any opportunity given to anyone else, you got to take advantage of it. And so we're going to give you an opportunity to come in here. But if you come in here and you don't do nothing with the opportunity, who are you going to be mad at? Oh, they don't like me because I'm, you know, and then people try to blame everything for their failure. But you're the one that has to take advantage of the opportunity that's given unto you. And so he says, much more shall they who receive God's overflowing grace. So we get all this because of the grace of God. We don't get this because we earned it. And that's what we've got to make sure we're clear on. Grace is not a license to sin. 
so that people keep saying, well, by grace, I'm forgiven again. Well, okay, that's good, but you need to move on past that. Grace gives you access to something you didn't deserve. You didn't deserve to be able to step into royalty. Come on. You didn't deserve to be able to step into living life as a king on planet Earth. After all the stuff you did, you didn't deserve that. But because of his grace, amen, because of the grace of God, that overflowing grace, unmerited favor, meaning you did not deserve it, but he still gave it to you anyway. And what he give with that and the free gift of righteousness. See, if you get a revelation of righteousness, then you'll get a revelation of royalty and you'll have no problem with royalty because you understand I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All this that I'm talking about comes with this. And so you receive that unmerited favor and the free gift of righteousness. And what does that free gift of righteousness do? It's putting them into right standing with himself. So if he put me in right standing with himself, why would I see myself in wrong standing? Come on. If he said he puts me in right standing with himself, then why would I continue to see myself in wrong standing? That may have been what I used to do, but now the blood, come on, has promoted me. And so now I am in right standing. So now I'm no longer spending my time apologizing to God. See, when people keep just apologizing, they're sorry. Listen, man, sorry is what sorry does. I mean, that's the way it happens. If you are living that type of sorry life, you're going to have sorry production. You are not going to be accomplishing much in this earth because you don't feel worthy of anything. And all you keep doing is apologizing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Really? Again? (laughs) We need to move on past that. Because when you move up, like I'm talking about tonight, your mindset changes. And now you start to attract different things. You don't come on, somebody. You don't attract problems. You attract opportunities. You don't attract lack, you attract increase. But it's a mindset. You've got to see yourself in a different way. And so he made us, put us in the right standing with himself. We shall, here it is again, reign as kings. So you get that? You understand that's what you're supposed to be doing. Reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. So we're not trying to be excuse me, on our own and separate from Jesus. And uh, we're not thinking we're some demigods or something. No, but I am in Christ Jesus. And see, now that I've given my life up and I'm in Christ Jesus, I can receive what the word says. I shall reign as a king in this life through Jesus. And now, if I'm going to reign in this life, but he says reign as a king. Well, how do how do kings reign? What what? Come on, you, you got to you got to really get an understanding of that. He says, if I'm going to basically I'm going to rule as a king. Well, how do kings rule? See. And you got to get an understanding of that before you can start to reign as a king. Well, A king rules by decree. A king rules by decree. A king does not rule by physical strength. Come on. 
You, even in the movies, you don't see kings going out there just destroying everybody. But stuff gets done. And people get destroyed because the king said so. Well, if I'm going to reign as a king, I got to know how kings work. And so a king rules by decree. Now go to Job twenty two twenty eight. All review scriptures, but my challenge to you this year is don't just read it. Live it. Let it become your new norm. It says, thou shall also decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee and the light shall shine upon thy ways. And so thou shall also decree. And so that's releasing a verbal command from your own mouth. You can speak into your future and it could be something. Now, remember, you've got to pray and then say, so don't just start talking I'm getting all this. I'm getting all that. No, get a hold of God and God will tell you what to say. And so you speak it out of your mouth and he always lines it up with the word. But you speak it out of your mouth. Well, that's a decree. It's not a, you know, suggestion or nothing like that. It's a decree. And now when you decree it, then now the light and that light represents a pathway. It represents illumination. Now all of a sudden you were in the dark and you didn't know which road to take, but now you've been decreeing. And so now light shines on it and it becomes clear. You say, Oh, it's right there. That's what I'm supposed to do. Amen. Amen. It's like an aha moment. It becomes clear. Well, but you got to speak it first. You got to decree it and then it shall be established unto thee and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Now these words are powerful, but you've got to once again, you got to believe. Now, we're going to get into more of this in terms of the way you see yourself. Because if you don't see yourself the right way, you won't do anything I'm preaching. Right. You'll leave out of here tonight and come back Sunday and just give me some more amens. <laughs> but if you ever start taking this stuff in for real, you say, well, wait a minute. Hold on. So that's what he said. That's what the Bible said. And now you start to see yourself in a different way. Uh, Go to Matthew now. Matthew 8. Matthew 8. Yeah. Is it Matthew or Mark? Yeah, Matthew. I think it's Matthew. Matthew 8, 8. So, you know, we know this story, right? Um, The centurion went to Jesus or, you know, his servant was sick and all that type of stuff. Jesus says, I'll come to your house and heal him. But the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only. And so he says, speak the word only. I skipped. I, I, meant, I went out of order. That's what you said. Yeah. But anyway, we'll go back to the other one. But he says, speak the word only. And so I want to uh, help us understand the power of the words. You can accomplish a lot with your words. Um, Now you can go back to uh, uh, Psalm 107. I was supposed to go there first, but Psalm 107, 20. It says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And so if we look at that, he sent his word. That's like, you guys ever heard me say, you need to put your words out on assignment? Come on. You know, we know that angels will work, right? 
We, we've heard that, you know, angels, I've, I've taught you guys, man, angels will work for you. You know, Hebrews 1.14, they're all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those of us who shall be the heirs of salvation. So, man, angels will work. But angels can't outwork your words. Oh, yeah, you didn't catch that. Angels can't outwork your words. Your words will outwork anything in this world. Amen. Your words will keep working and they'll keep working and they'll keep working because how do you even dispatch angels? You can't dispatch angels by thinking on it. You are going to have to release verbal commands from your own mouth. And this is stuff that you cannot. There are some people that just say, Pastor, I'm just not vocal. Well, I'm telling you, it's in your DNA, your new DNA. It's in there for you to be a, to be vocal. Now, this is not me telling you to get up in front of the whole world and and become a public speaker. It's a passive and I'm embarrassed. You embarrassed of yourself. Like, dang, you don't even want to say nothing when it's just you. You got it now. You've got to retrain yourself. You've got to know that this is a part of it. This is normal. I'm supposed to be speaking. I'm supp- How do we even know what Jesus did, right? All the things that are recorded. You know what? Jesus was speaking stuff. It was always what he said. He, he said, peace be still, right? He didn't just... Now, he probably could have had enough power to just think the storm away and the storm would have stopped. We know he had power to... Read other people's thoughts. He could have kept it in the in the soul realm. But what did he do? He spoke. Why? Because he's given examples. He's given instructions with his words. He is ruling as a king, and a king rules by decree. Amen? And so he sent his word and healed them. So he puts those words out there. His words go forth. And we know you don't have to turn there, but Isaiah 55, you can read that. But we know that his words shall not return unto him void. Well, if I start understanding I'm created in the image of God, Jesus is alive in me. And so guess what? The words that I send forth ain't coming back empty handed for me either. But are you willing to do it? Are you willing to pray and then say? Or are we just going to spend another year praying? Just praying. I'm just asking God to fix everything. At some point, you're going to have to decree. Now, let me just make sure I'm clear on this. This ain't just trying to all of a sudden become a positive speaker. That ain't, that's not enough power in that. You've got to believe this stuff, man. You've got to believe it and you've got to say it. That's why maybe your confessions might not be what mine are. Because you can't just say it because I said it. You got to say it because God told you to say it. You got to speak what God is telling you to speak. You've got to come to the place where you believe what you're saying. And so speak the word only, like I said in Matthew 8. And then he sent his word and he healed them in Psalm 107 20. And so the power of the spoken word far exceeds physical abilities. You guys aware of that? The power of the spoken word far exceeds physical abilities. Now, in order for your words to be effective, they must be backed by belief. 
That's why we're in the situation now in the church, just as a whole. A lot of people in the church, they don't believe in this. You'd be surprised. A lot of people, it doesn't matter what kind of preacher you got. It matters what you believe. Because I could believe it. But if I believe it, it's going to work for me. But if you don't believe it, it's not going to work for you. But I want it to work for you, just like it works for me. And so in order for my words uh, to be effective, they must be backed by belief. I'll go to 2 Corinthians 4.13. So we have in the same spirit of faith. And so same spirit of faith, you think about it. Think about even when Jesus walked the earth. Do you guys think that Jesus ever doubted what he said? How many times do we hear him just repeating himself and just it seemed like Jesus would say stuff and then keep it moving. And he didn't doubt himself, right? He didn't doubt himself. Well, he believed what he said. So we have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. So you got to ask yourself. After a message like this, ask yourself, well, what is it that you believe? I mean, you, I could tell you all day to say, well, by his stripes, I'm healed. But do you really believe that? Now, it's, it's not, this is not to, to bring you down or anything. You, you need to be honest with God. Well, God, that's what I want, but that ain't really what I believe. So I, help me to really believe that. Then that way, when I say it, I'll really mean it. Amen. That way, when I release it from my mouth, I'll expect it to manifest because it's spoken from a place of belief. Somebody may say, my God shall supply all of my needs. But do you really believe that? See, you could say that because, well, you know, I heard them talking about this in church, so it's probably good that I say it. But you've got to get beyond that. You've got to say, no, no, that's what I believe. And so we have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. I'm telling you, man, I said on Sunday, you get to hanging out with Jesus. All your speech is going to change. Stuff's just going to change. You're just going to be saying stuff that and it's not like, oh, let me let me just uh, warm up the engine. Let me start up the old faith speech. It's just going to be what you do because it's your new norm. So we have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. You're not going to be able to get around this speaking part. People speak what they believe, whether that be good or bad. My job as a pastor of this church is to help you get to the place where you speak things that are going to help you and not hurt you. Because a lot of people are being harmed by their own words. And you might say, well, I didn't really mean it like that. It doesn't matter. We're in a spiritual battle. This is all spiritual. Listen, that's why it's a waste of time to get upset with people and pay attention to what all the people in the world. You know, they never show demons on Instagram or YouTube. They show people. But it's the demonic powers behind the people 
that really matter the most. But people just pay attention to other people. But this battle that we're in is all spiritual. People are just pawns. Just puppets. But then now people get mad at other people and ignore the demon behind the person. But yet you have power to cast out the demon. Come on, somebody. God has given you power and authority to rise above. He don't really want you talking about other people. He prefer you just cast out devils. He never gave us. That's not part of the Great Commission. Go forth, preach the gospel and talk about other people. They don't say nothing about that. You said lay hands on the sick, cast out devils. Amen. And so this is what we've got to understand. And so now. uh, Back to this scripture here, if 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 it's connected to my belief, I got to believe it, then I'm going to speak it. I got to believe it, then I got to speak it. Well, we know. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You got to read enough of God's word, get it in you to where you believe it. But I'm telling you, the, the biggest thing that's going to change your life is your self image. And so this I believe and therefore I speak. This is directly associated with your self image. You cannot go higher than the image you have of yourself. It is what it is. You cannot go higher than the image you have of yourself. I'm talking about the real image, not not, you know, because we know how to turn on the we know how to turn on the Christianese when we're around church people. We know how to get down with that and all that. But but what do you really think? How do you really see yourself at the very core of who you are? Who is that person? And so. If I want my words to be effective, I've got to believe what I say. But this is directly associated with my self-image. And so a lot of times people in their self-image or self-image is damaged. And so they have negative stains that are still there. They have clouds that still hover over them that uh, are limiting them. And so they can't see beyond their limitations that they've had or experienced. They've they've not yet experienced anything greater. So, but see, God is trying to help you to understand you're going to catch it in the spirit first before it manifests in the natural. Once you catch it, now you think in a different way. And now you can go out there and experience something different. And so my, my self-image so I, I, I said earlier in this message, you got to see yourself as a king. Well, I'm not trying to get you to think, well, I see myself this way because I'm self-made. I'm just trying to get you to receive what Jesus came to give you. Let's go to John 15, 15. And so this is what Jesus is saying. He makes some very clear statements and it's just so powerful. If we can just say, Man, I'm going to personalize that. I received this. See what Jesus did. Jesus did not come and, you know, come to the earth and pay our sin debt. But, you know, he spent more or less. It was about three years of ministry. Is Jesus was, you know, really started his ministry at 30 and 30 to 33. All the great things happened in those three years. But he didn't do that just to give people something to write in the Bible. There was a plan. 
there was a plan to redeem mankind, to give us the power that we had. He wanted to restore that unto us. It was all a part of it. And so he says, henceforth, I call you not servants. Now, we might serve the Lord, but serving the Lord and having the mindset of a servant is different. And so some people that have a mindset of a servant. Yes, I can serve the Lord. But how many know you can serve the Lord as a king? Come on. You could serve your master as a king. But some people, they serve and that once again, they go way into that false humility where they're so low. And God is saying, thank you, but come on up now. Oh, no. Not me, Lord. No, I could never. Well, what is that saying to him when he says, come in here and you say, I could never go in there with you. I'm not worthy. And then he said, well, what do you think my blood was worth? You mean to tell me my blood is not worth enough. To convince you. So you're basically counting it as an unholy thing when you don't take that promotion and we don't see yourself as worthy of everything that Jesus came to give you. And so he says, henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what his Lord does. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my father, I've made known unto you. And so now you've been pulled close. This word friend here is expressing a closeness. It's a relationship. It's a intimacy with the Lord. And God says, I've pulled you in. I'm not calling you a servant, which is outside. A servant is always outside. And it's always, it's just like in any type of a uh, system where they have different classes of people. There are certain Classes of people that say, oh, we we oh, we just stay out here. We don't go over there. But Jesus got rid of that. He says, now everybody gets to come in here with me. Everybody gets to come in here and dine with me. Everybody gets to come in here and enjoy the prosperity that I have for you. Because you have bowed yourself. See, you could partially bow yourself and you can become a servant. But when you fully bow, you'll die. Now, I can still serve in my old self. But in order for me to rise and walk as a king, that's totally got to be the new man. So I have to be dead. And so that's the ultimate sacrifice. And that's what Jesus says. If anyone's going to come after me, he's got to deny himself. You know, even pride will cause you to stay in a place of humility. You know, pride... Uh, also blocks people from receiving things. You ever met those people? They, they can't receive anything. You want to pay for lunch. And they go, oh, no, I got this. I got this. I got this. You want to help them with something? Oh, no, I got it. I got it. They can't receive any help. They can't. They just try. That's pride. But if you humble yourself, you can receive stuff coming your way. And then you won't apologize for it. Because a lot of times, When you step into this kingly anointing, it's going to attract prosperity to you. It's going to attract favor. It's going to attract good things to you. And you just got to be in a position where you receive it. And then just get used to it. That's how it is. 
And so he says, for all things I have heard of my father, I have made known unto you. And so you know that because of that intimacy. And so now what he's expressing here is this is a kingdom promotion. This is that kingdom promotion when you receive Jesus and you get close to Jesus and you start fellowshipping with Jesus, then Jesus takes you up. And you don't apologize for it. He just takes you up and go to John 1, 12. These are a lot of scriptures, but fast scriptures. But as many as received them to them, gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so sons of God, that's that position. Once again, we taught it many years, but it's not gender. It's your position. So I believe. So now guess what? And you know what he says in that scripture, even before that, is everybody else rejected him. Now, how many of you know some people that rejected Jesus? Or maybe they, how about this? There's a couple of categories. You know some people that rejected Jesus, flat out. Then you know some people that they're faking with Jesus. Can I get amen right there? I'm just saying, they, they, they're not legit with Jesus. Come on. Now, do you think... That they get to live in the same level of prosperity as you? Let let me say that again. You got some people that flat out rejected Jesus. Then you got some people that's faking with Jesus. Then you got some people that's 100 with Jesus. Come and look at your name and say, I'm in the 100 club. Okay, so now do you expect to live on a higher level than the person that flat out rejected Jesus? Do you expect to live on a higher level than the one that's faking with Jesus? Okay, so that's what he's saying in this scripture. He came to his own and his own received him not. But he says, but to them that received him, he gave them power to become sons. And so that power is authority. He gave you authority. He gave you a right. He gave you a privilege to become a son. Now, when I become a son... I am in and no longer out. See, I can't become a son and then keep seeing myself as a sinner. Which one you going to be? Well, pastor, we all make mistakes. I know. But the way you identify with, you know, what you identify with the most is what you'll do the most. So if you identify as being a sinner, then guess what you're going to do the most? Sin. But if you identify with being a son, then what you're going to do the most doesn't mean you won't make a mistake, but you'll realize (laughs) that's not me. And so if you mess up, like I've said all these years, you'll fess up and get blessed up. You say, I don't have time to waste over here no more because I'm a son now. And I see myself as a son. And so now if I see myself as a son, then I'm willing to step into that sonship and receive my delegated authority and rule and reign in the earth. This is a transformation. And so I'm no longer the same person. I cannot view myself now. Once again, if I want my words to work for me, how many of y'all want to be able to decree a thing and it comes to pass? In order for you to do it, you got to believe in what you say. In order for you to believe in the power of your own words, you've got to be lifted in terms of your self-image. Because if you never see yourself like a king or a son or any of these type of things that I'm speaking of tonight, then 
You'll keep praying, but you'll never start saying. And that's where the major problems lie. Because people are praying, but they're not saying. And we used to say in sales all the time, closed mouths don't get fed. If you ain't saying nothing, you ain't getting nothing. So you got to get used to that. Get used to speaking. Speak of yourself. And ask God. Say, God, you know, how do you see me? Like, what, what, do, you, what do you, you know, what do you see me as? And you catch a revelation. He'll say, I'll see you as anointed. I see you as blessed and highly favored. I see you as uh, filled with power. I see you as a king, as a ruler in the earth. He said, wow. You, you see all that in me? Lord, help me to see that too. Hmm? See, it's, it's one thing when you try to be something. When you try it, the, listen, I always say, just be honest, be yourself. Because that's why I'm not a fake person because I never learned how to, you know, I'm going to act like this person now. I'm a, you know, people, they act like, I'm, well, I'm going to act like whatever group I'm hanging out with. I, don't, I never really figured that out. But what I have learned is nobody can be you better than you. So you need to own it. Own who you are. Let this become real to you. And then now you'll be in that position of power. You have influence and you won't have to try. So if you if you're going to have to try, if you're coming out of this message and you say, that's it, man, I'm going to try to be bold with my faith and my words and all that. stuff. Just pray and let God give you some revelation so you can say, "Okay, I really do see this, Lord. And, And that way you'll start. You might start out small. You might speak something, but you really do believe you. You know for sure that you believe that. And you're going to see that thing is working. But it's that image and God will change it. That's what he did for me. That's changed everything for my life is when he started changing my self-image. I didn't see myself as the person I used to be. I saw myself according to what this word and what this word says. Second Corinthians, let's go over there. We'll be closing soon. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. So stop right there. So what does that mean to you? If I'm an ambassador, that means I represent him. Now, what we have to do is take this further than, well, I represent him, so I better not mess up. How many know better not mess up is lower level thinking? See, if you still at that place where, well, I'm representing Christ, so I I can't go off on you. I would have went off on you, but I came because I'm an ambassador. That's the lower level stuff. That's the you just trying not to mess up. But if you say I am an ambassador for Christ, well, there's a different level of treatment I get. So when I walk up in there, I'm 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 representing Christ. So what does that mean? You're going to treat me just the same way you would treat Jesus. Boy, that's a different level. So now I'm carrying myself with different expectations. I'm carrying myself with a different attitude. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. And so, uh, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so now if I start to understand this is what he has done and he has made this happen. All I did is receive it, but I have to be renewed. I have to have this constant renewing take place in my mind. Then I start to realize, hmm. I told you guys, I gave you some examples on Sunday. That like when they, when God sent out the 70, the 70 weren't even praying. They were just decreeing. They was casting, I I command you to come out in the name of Jesus. Well, that's authority. They weren't afraid of that authority. They stepped into it because they know God gave it to them. And so now if we start to see ourselves as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you're not going to be afraid of royalty. Amen. You'll just be able to walk in it and you will live your life unapologetically. Now, if you do make some mistakes, the Holy Spirit will convict you. Repent. Okay, that's fine. But what I'm trying to help you understand is we got to get out of that. We got to get we got to know, like, there's more to this life than me walking on thin ice. That's no fun. There's no fun walking on thin ice because you, you, what you're looking for when you're walking on thin ice, you're looking for the crack. But when you're walking on high with God, you're not thinking about that. Oh, come on. How many of y'all want to get to where you're not even thinking about the weapons the enemy might form against you? Hmm? Now, there's a place where you say, I'm going to have to get, I'm, you know, I bind you, devil. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. We know that's what the word says, but how many know when God lifts you up, the enemy's weapons are too low? And you say, I haven't even thought about what he could shoot at me because he can't stop me. Now I'm in this place where I'm living my life in this position of power. I'm starting to understand the power of my words. And so what happens when that uh, revelation kicks in for you, we'll realize that we no longer have to beg from God. You never you no longer have to spend your time. Oh, please, God, do this. Please, God, do that. No, you pray. He'll give you something to say. And so what happens is we no longer have to beg from God. Now we can co-create with God. How many of y'all want to see yourself as, man, I'm co-creating with God. What? I can co-create with God? Come on. This ain't like blasphemous or nothing. You're going to co-create by speaking into your future. Now, God already knows your future. He knows it's there. But he wants us to come into agreement with him. A lot of people have not stepped into the level of living that God wants them to have because they've missed that step. They've missed the other components. Yes, he's blessed you. And yes, he's got all this stuff for you. But the way you access it is going to be through your words. And you have to be willing to take on that responsibility. And you have to be willing. One more scripture. This is a bonus. So we'll understand how we co-create with God. Romans 8.28 in the Amplified Classic. Let's, let's just look at that. Before I close out this message. And so as, as we're looking at this, one more thing on, on 
this decree, and we, we talked about we shall decree a thing. And so we're talking about authoritative speech. You know, a king rules by decree and um, a decree is not doubtful speech. So it's not, okay, I'm speaking that, but then this doubt. You know, what happens in our world today is, is many, they hope, but they don't expect. They hope for something, but they don't expect. And so they pray, but they don't decree. And um, I found, I missed this in my notes, but a decree is spoken from one in authority. And so if I speak something and I'm in authority, there is an expectation of the fulfillment of words spoken. And so if you have authority in your home, if you tell your kids to do something, you expect it to be done. If you're hoping that they do it, I mean, oh, you're not a king. But when you are in that place of authority, you speak it and you have an expectation, right? And so we can co-create with God by speaking into our future and then have an, have an expectation. God will give you something to say. Nothing's ever done before something is spoken. And so that's what change will happen. And sometimes God will put you, you know, in a situation. A lot of times you can say stuff. In private, but sometimes he's going to have you say it out loud like he had me say it out loud at this pulpit about us moving. None of that stuff was moving until I spoke something. Amen. And so this is how we co-create with God. He says we are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor. So you think about you ever thought about God as partnering with you. See, sometimes we think God is so high. But then. We can understand that, hey, God is coming in there working with us as well. We bow to him as master, but we receive power through Jesus. And now we can co-create by releasing words of faith from our mouths, because if we don't release it from our mouths, God has no other way to get it into the atmosphere for us. Amen. He could send a prophet to prophesy over you and that may go some distance, but in order for you To step into this as a lifestyle, you've got to start releasing these words from your own mouth. Amen. We are sure to know that God being a partner in their labor, that all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. And so God, a co-laborer with us. So as I'm walking this walk, now, what if you're speaking everything against the Bible? And God says, I have a great plan for you. Uh, he says that, uh, can you back it up to just 28 real quick and I'll close. But he says that God being a partner in their labor. But if you know that God is partnering with you in terms of you going somewhere getting something accomplished, doing something great, but it's a plan that he has, but yet here you are speaking all against everything God said. Now, what is that doing? See, God says, you're anointed, you're capable, I've given you all the talents and skills, I've given you everything, you have, you know, everything you need, you can do that, and you're, well, I can't, and I'm sick, and I'm this, and I'm that, and, I'm, and now you're just working against your partner. So imagine two people partnering together. 
But how can they walk together unless they be agreed? And so you're saying that we're going to build it this way. And then that person says, OK, I agree that we're going to build it this way. This is the way we're going to stack the bricks. And then every time you go and turn your back and go over here, they come and move the bricks away. And every time you come back, you say, we've made no progress. Well, you know, that's why a lot of people have not made any progress in their lives because they're going against God. God is saying this about you, but then you come back and you say something else. Well, when you say something else, now you are working against your partner. Isn't that simple? So what you got to do is pray and say, Lord, I need to be in agreement with you. What you need to do is is stop listening to everybody else and say, Lord, I need to know what you said. And then I'm going to repeat that. Now I'm going to use my words and I'm going to co-create with you. Mm, Powerful. And I'm going to walk into the words that me and you have spoken. Because I started out this message. Don't just go saying stuff. Pray and then say. That way God will tell you what to say. And you start you start reciting that thing, boy. And God will give you some stuff, man. And it'll be powerful. Because it'll be what he gave you for your own situation. He'll tell you words to say to get you in a different situation than you're in right now. It's, it's just things are unlocked with words. But they have to be anointed. They have to be divinely inspired and you got to get that from God and that way and I've also been saying this a lot you got to be willing to leave those emotions emotions don't work in the spirit now it's good to be emotional with your family you love oh express love and to each other and you know you could shed some tears that's all good but just don't take that up into the spirit when you're trying to dominate (laughs) don't take that emotional stuff up to the spirit realm Because you're not going to get nothing accomplished. Amen. Y'all receive that. Amen. How many of y'all ready to co-create with God? God's going to have you speaking great things. And those great things are going to show up in your life. Let's close in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us. We thank you for meeting us here tonight. You have given us your word. And we believe it all. And we're going to grow by it. We're going to prosper. We're going to thrive. We're going to win in the earth. Because you've anointed us to win. Right now in the name of Jesus. We establish. The fact that our words. Will be in agreement. With you. No longer against you. We thank you for that. Maybe you're watching this right now. You don't know Jesus as Lord. We want you to know your first step. Is to just receive him as. Lord and master. He's knocking at the door of your heart. All you got to do is open up. And he'll do the rest. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, Jesus. please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please and fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen.